Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning to you, everybody here. Uh, trying to get everything up and running here this morning uh, as we're uh, trying to figure everything out here uh, on a beautiful Monday morning. It's the 16th day of uh, December. Now, we're days away from uh, Christmas, nine days to be exact, a little more than that, uh, to get us up to action over there at the um, New Year's Day celebration. Now, with that being said, the weekend was locked and loaded, full of football. Uh, it started on Saturday, of course, uh, the North-South game here, and the Palmetto State took off up in Myrtle Beach. It was the South team uh, that came back to win. We'll get into that here today. And matter of fact, it's 7-14. Uh, the defensive back from the uh, North-South game will join us here, uh, which will be a, a, a lot of fun to hear from uh, Will Pickering. He is a young man from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, goes to Wando High School. And I just feel, I just feel that he's going to keep uh, playing some football here. And it will be college football will be on the docket for Will uh, here. Uh, this time next year. Now, we'll talk to him about that. What was it like to play around a lot of Hall of Famers uh, in the high school ranks, I should say. Uh, 
some kids that I think that really put it all out on the field this past year. He got a chance to play with those guys, and I think that was a lot of fun for him as well. Um, we'll also get into the Navy-Army game. Uh, you know, Navy, of course, uh, had lost three in a row. Boy, I tell you what, this was going to be the first class maybe ever, maybe in a long time, uh, that maybe never beat Army. But uh, they thought different of it. They have a quarterback over there at Navy that uh, broke a record during the game. Uh, they just handled the business. They took care of Army in fashion. Matter of fact, I thought it was very fitting that the first penalty never even came until um, the, the third quarter. Uh, you know, so you look at it that way, uh, that shows the discipline of uh, both of these two teams. Uh, just hard to believe that these two guys are going against each other in a four solid quarters. But when it's over, they'll be on the same team, a lot of them, because they'll, of course, uh, jump into the service and uh, have to go to wherever they're stationed at. And, you know, they'll sleep under the same under the same stars as uh, they're going to battle for our country and they will protect us. In fashion, but uh, we'll get into that game as well. And of course, on Saturday night, I kind of saw it happening. Uh, we talked about, you know, who was going to win the Heisman, um, and I, I made it known here on this show that uh, that I thought Joe Burrow was his to lose. That he had done everything that he had to do to take care of business, uh, just in fashion. I thought overall it would have been hard for them not to give it to him because he had earned it. So that being said, of course, uh, you know, he does take home the hardware and the speech that he gave. We're going to try to play that for you sometime throughout the show today. I thought was was uh, really neat. Um, I had a nice little slogan that I went into um, right after that. Because you got to think about it. This LSU is where dreams come true, right? And they believe in you. In other words, you look at their coach, O. this is a guy who had failed in every other stop that he had made as a head coach and had been let go, fired, or not retained, however you want to put it. So they give him a shot. And what does he do? He's on the path of leading these guys to a national championship. Now, they have won the SEC. They're undefeated. They've got the Heisman Trophy winner. They've got multiple winners all throughout their uh, roster that have uh, gotten a lot of hardware throughout the uh, the postseason here. And then they go get this quarterback from this, port- uh, this portal that they have. Not played any college football, right? And they give him a chance. Not only does he make the most out of it, man, he is – hitting some records along the way. You know, LSU in the past has always been known as a team that can play some defense. Boy, secondary, you couldn't throw around them, couldn't throw by them, couldn't run through them. This year, I'm not saying you can run through them and throw around them, but it's a little bit easier than it has been in the past. But it's okay because they do have an offense. They've got a running back, wide receivers. They've got a big offensive line. And another thing I'll say about this young man, in his very first thank you was to his offensive line. Not to his mama, not to his daddy, not to coaches, not to somebody down the street. Everything directly straightforward to that offensive line. I thought that was probably pretty neat overall. I thought that was a very uh, interesting um, way to start it off. And for the O-line, the guys in the trenches, I know that just made them just feel some kind of way. And that's pretty cool because, again, without that offensive line protecting him and getting into it that way, that doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, what we'll do there, of course, is uh, we'll get into that conversation uh, you know, another thing that you look at is, of course, um, the NFL wins over the weekend. A lot of guys are in, a lot of guys are out. Uh, some teams, of course, uh, you know, had some conversations. We'll start kind of turning the page now that the uh, the high school guys are starting to slow down uh, the opportunity to hit headlines here. That means we'll make some room for uh, the NFL to come in here now, and we'll talk about them and where they go and who's going to make it into uh, 
playoff modes, Super Bowl conversations, all that starts to kind of take shape. Now, that doesn't mean there's not any more high school conversation because, well, there is. You know, the Shrine Bowl takes off this week. Uh, a lot of the guys, all the guys reported to that game. Now, that's the best of the best 60, I think, amount of kids in the North uh, Carolina state against the best of the best and the kids in South Carolina state. Now, you can't play in both of these two bowl games. You have to either get selected in one and then they select the other one. So the first one they have, of course, is the Shrine Bowl. They'll get the, who they want. And then after that, they go to the North-South game. After that, they hit certain regional bowl games. Like, for example, on Friday night, you will see the uh, the likes of the Metro Bowl. That's in Columbia, South Carolina. Perry Parks and a bunch of coaches have gotten together and said, well, there's not enough spots for everybody around the state to make the North-South, to make the Shrine Bowl. So we're going to do what we got to do to bring out some talent here in our state or at least in our region, excuse me. And they've done that. Last year, I think, was the uh, the first one. This is their second one, and uh, it's going to get better and better. Now, I know that there is uh, one on the upstate as well, and uh, the guys in the low country uh, working on doing something uh, down in this area. So that being said, of course, uh, you know, there's just a lot to, come, to get into. Uh, in hour number one, Will Pickering again from Wando High School. We played in the uh, north-south game as a defensive back guy. Uh, he'll join us. They again picked up the W. Over the weekend, had to come back to beat the North, but they didn't. And there, of course, um, a lot of memories that were made. Uh, they had roommates for the first time uh, with some guys that they never met before, maybe read about them, maybe played against them, but definitely never played with them. And then around 8 o'clock, top of the 8th hour, we will go to Cedar Grove High School where they have won now their back-to-back state championships. And I believe that they won the last two out of three or some number like that. I'll have to – Double-check it, but I'll tell you, the coaching tree from this place is really impressive. Uh, we'll get into that as well with Coach Patrick. He'll join us here at 8 o'clock. He's going to be on the road, so uh, hopefully uh, the good cell phone, phone gods will, will keep us up in check and keep us ready to rock and roll. So uh, that, of course, is going to be a good conversation today as well. So about um, – Sometime around 714, we're going to try to stay here a little bit longer just because I don't want a dead space area here. So about 712, we'll take a break. We'll jump in here with us, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Mr. Pickering about his his time because it's all been said and done now. He'll just wait now to pick his college. Uh, National Signing Day, of course, is on the 18th. That's a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we have not decided if we're going to um, – We'll probably just stay here in the studio, and then I'll run over to one of the high schools and uh, kind of bounce around a little bit and get some personal interviews from certain guys and then replay them here on the on the show. I do know tomorrow uh, we're going to have Brandon Johnson. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. I may move that up a bit, but that's the young man from Fort Dorchester. I'm going to try to get him to do a double interview with uh, the other Johnson on the team there who's heading uh, to Georgia Tech. Now, of course, uh, Brandon is going to Navy, so that's going to be a neat conversation for us to have tomorrow because not only – did he win on Saturday? That's right. He was part of that defensive uh, team over there for the North-South game and represented the South. He also got to uh, get off the field and go and sit somewhere to watch his uh, future team Navy pick up a W. And he'll be, of course, being able to contribute to that uh, this time next year. All right, so head to break here. And uh, before we do that, here's a couple of avenues. You want to come in here and hang out with us, talk about your team, your uh, your weekend. You can talk NFL with us. We'll open the NFL gates here this morning. Uh, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Uh, 
You can call in at any time. The next two hours, they're wide open for you. Of course, you can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Will and I will get with the other Will. That's the young man that plays high school football. And uh, we'll check in with him as you're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here live on Southern Sports Central. Of course, Will Porter is the man on the other side of the glass uh, pushing buttons and dialing things up. I'll bring him in here just for a quick second and uh, finally got a chance to say good morning, buddy. Uh, you know, I know Mondays are always uh, the fun days here for you, getting back in the rhythm of things. And, uh, you know, that's what it really is over there on that side of the glass because a lot of things have to happen to make this thing put together. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, you know, pressing buttons and trying to get all the levels right to make sure that the, the product that's getting put out there sounds good so um got to figure it out this morning we'll get you going all right so let's head over to the matt's burgers hotlines where i'll join back in here once again is uh, mr will pickering all the way from wando high school in mount pleasant south carolina will top of the morning buddy good morning man i tell you what i bet you're uh you're probably glad to be home but missing the action from last week you guys of course uh this time last week it was uh breakfast time almost at about seven thirty, and then you guys went to the first practice had a little lunch went back to the second practice and then 
you know, uh, de- depends who your host was, where I guess where you decided uh, where they decided to take you and all. But uh, first of all, congratulations on making the North South game. I know the memories you made are something that'll be with you forever. Uh, the teammates that you got to play with, you only read about, you saw them, maybe you played against them, but uh, there was a lot of guys who came in here, Will, and I, I tell you, it's, it's a uh, it's a huge uh, tip of the cap to you that said they couldn't wait to meet you and play with you, and much better to play with you than against you. Yes, yeah, it was it was such a fun week. Like I can't, it was like all the food. The food was almost the best part of it. You get like three meals a day. You really don't realize how much you eat if you eat three meals a day. And all the people were just so nice. Live right now with the uh, the young man that traveled and represented the Warriors over at Wando over the North South game course. The South picks up a big win, uh, but we're going to get into the game here in just a little bit. Uh, you get there on Sunday, they weigh you in, they check you in, they get everything, you get the swag and all the fun stuff that kind of goes with it. Talk to us a, a, about that. When you first get there, uh, were you nervous, man? You got a chance to meet. I know Brandon Johnson was one of the guys who kept saying over and over he couldn't wait to meet you. Now, Brandon's a, he's a little bit – he's a big guy, right? I mean, him and, of course, his mm-hmm. partner there that came in from Fort Dorchester. Uh, you guys, uh, y'all handled the defense in, in, in fashion over there, but – yeah, who was some of the guys that, that you met at first? Maybe you didn't realize they were going to be there, or you didn't know they were going to be there, and that was some of the people that you wanted to make sure that you, you had a chance to shake their hands and get to know them a little bit. Yeah, at first it was nervous because I, like, walked into the hotel and I, like, didn't know who my roommate was. And then, like, the first bus ride was kind of, like, everyone was, like, kind of, like, quiet, like, no one was really talking. And then, like, by, like, it was either, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, like, the, you could just hear them, like, more chatter, more chatter. Like, everyone just – like, the personalities really showed up those days. Live right now with Will Pickering, again, the Wando Warrior, defensive guy here in the secondary who has uh, caused a lot of offensive coordinators, a lot of headaches throughout the season. Uh, he heads to the North-South game this past week and did it again, man. I tell you what, the, uh, the northern side of uh, the state got to find out who exactly this young man was. I saw a lot of plays that you made. Uh, where you were getting in there at the very last minute, putting your hand in and getting the ball knocked down, and that was a huge uh, contribute to how you guys were able to finally come back and win this game, uh, to have that success. Uh, you know, who was the roommate that you got? Tell us a little bit about your roommate, man. Where is he from? What's he like? What's his favorite color? Well, maybe not his favorite color, but <laughs> give me some of the ideas uh, of yeah. who you met, uh, you know, so he, as far as roommate-wise. Yeah, so he was he was Robert West from Strom Thurmond. Uh, number 20, he was a corner. He was, like, one of the best corners I think I've ever, like, seen play. He was, like, 6'2", 185, like, the best hands and, like, best footwork. He was such a nice guy because, like, we were worried, like, we were going to get, like, a weird roommate or something like that. So, like, when we finally got there and, like, got the like, chance to meet him, there was nothing to worry about because Robert was really cool. So when you, so when you go in here and, and of course you know last night I'm sitting here I'm going through all my notes trying to put everything together and you know me I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna watch a football movie to kind of get myself ready for the week I watch Remember the Titans and it was kind of fitting because I was thinking about the kids that were at the uh, Shrine Bowl yesterday you know they just got there yesterday and they're getting all their stuff and then you guys had just got home on Saturday night or maybe even Sunday and as you get there you get through those memories you get through those moments you had no idea who you your roommate was, where he was coming from, what position he played, nothing. I mean, it had to be – it's going to be pretty similar to that, by the way. If you go to college and you get a roommate and you don't get to select your roommate, only difference is you're stuck with that cat for about three or four months. So, hopefully, it, yeah. it, it's one of these kind of stories, right? Um, so, yes, so tell us some of the memories uh, that you got 
from this young man, something that you and him kind of went through that you can share on the air that, that you guys really, it's something that you'll remember when you look back at this game. Uh, and again, before we get to the football field, I want to hit some of this stuff that, that people don't get to read about. Yeah. So like on the game night, I, I'm on the game. I was a little nervous. Cause like, you're obviously going against all stars, but then by like game time rolled around, he like, I think I was on the same side of the field as him and he went up and we read like, cause we like we were supposed to read it because he like the receiver tried to pick me off and then Robert picked up the other guy running the wheel out and made a good play, knocked the ball out of his hands. And like, we just got really hyped. And it was like one of those moments where it was like, Oh, this is kind of sick. Live right now, of course, uh, Will Pickering, he is the, uh, the big time man on campus over there. Walked back on the campus here today after spending a week away, man, that had to be pretty cool. Uh, you, you get out of school for the whole week, you know, everything is, is taken care of. Uh, you just had to get up there and then get back here, of course. Uh, but you, you get there. What was the one place that you went to eat while you were in Myrtle Beach uh, the, that you, of course, uh, you would have to say was probably the best night of all the nights that you guys got a chance to go out and eat? It was probably Simply Southern Barbecue, I think it was. It was Wednesday night's dinner. Uh, it was like an all-you-can-eat barbecue place. That place was so good. They had, like, banana pudding, which is probably one of the best banana puddings, the mac and cheese. Oh, like, I'm just thinking about it. It just makes me hungry. <laughs> well, you guys are burning a lot of calories. I mean, they figured you're, you're taking care mm-hmm. of the carbs. You're burning everything you could there. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you guys did something very special. I believe it was on Thursday, right? Is that, was it Thursday that y'all went out and shot for the, uh, the, the, the over a dozen kids who, of course, uh, you know, this is just one of the many uh, traditional things that this bowl kind of presents to the community? Yes, sir. That was Thursday. You got a chance to be uh, the face and, of course, the audio for this, uh, which, by the way, I, I sent you a message and, and said, good job. I was real proud of you there. Uh, you represented not only Wando, but the Low Country, uh, the South team, and the state of South Carolina extremely well. Uh, how nervous were you there, man? It seems like you had done this before, but also seems like you were just having a good time and you embraced that moment. What was it like to be around these young kids and, and to be a part of a tradition and, it's been there for a long time, man. That's just what they do on a Thursday uh, with you guys usually after the walkthrough. It, it, it was something really special because, like, when we got there, we can see, like, all the kids were, like, lined up, and, like, they all just had, like, the biggest smile on their face. Like, they were jumping around. Like, they knew they were going to get nice stuff, and they were just jumping around. And then when you finally met, I had Zabori. He was one of probably the nicest kids. He's, in fit, he's a fifth grader. Wanted to play running back, so we got him a football and some gloves. And it's like this little stuff you take for granted sometimes. Like one of the stuff he needed is underwear, and like that's what he's getting for Christmas. And you really don't think about that until like you just take a deep moment and like realize this kid's getting underwear for a Christmas present. And he's in like Myrtle Beach Elementary, which is like not a bad elementary school. So it's it's just eye opening. It was such a fun experience. Like all the guys had like it was one of the best moments on that trip for sure. Live right now with Will Bickering, the uh, defensive back that represented the south side of uh, the north-south game. Of course, uh, it was a good one uh, all the way through. Of course, uh, a battle, if you will, right? I mean, uh, you guys had to come back and, and handle some business, but you were able to do that and, and kind of talk to us about – get us from the first quarter to the second quarter, and then we'll take a break and, and talk about the, sec- the third and the fourth quarter. But the first and second, it seemed like the north team had a lot of momentum kind of going in here. Their quarterbacks – were hitting some guys in stride. The running backs were able to run through around some things. The defensive guys had made the adjustments uh, after the first couple of sets there. 
but uh, it seemed to be a little bit more heavier towards the north side of things in the first half. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So our offense, we couldn't really get anything going on offense, and defense actually made, like, a couple good stops in the goal line because they were driving. And in the first quarter, it was like the nerves just tried to, like, when you first, in the first quarter, all the nerves were there, so no one really got anything going. But then the second quarter, the North had that 95-yard touchdown, and it was like 7-0, and then they got another field goal. So we were just telling like, if you haven't come down from, like, a 10-point halftime deficit, like, uh, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because we told Ty, Ty Owen, Dutch Fort quarterback, Ty's the only one that hasn't had to come back from the high school football game. And – we were just telling everyone, like, we're going to come back. Like, we're the better team. And we showed up in third quarter. Now, of course, Wills ends up with three solo tackles on the uh, evening here, of course. Uh, you mentioned Ty Olinchuk. Ty's going to try to join us here Thursday or Friday. Uh, you're, you're right. This is a guy who's never had to come back from a high school game, went, went undefeated uh, through most of his career there, of course. Uh, as you start to kind of think of his time there at Dutch Fork, four state championship rings in a row, that's pretty amazing, too. But when you had guys like him on your team and you had some other guys, I know we've kind of highlighted some of the uh, defensive guys, but when you look at this, the, the offensive side, and that's, we're going to turn it into the uh, third and fourth quarter where you guys started turning it up a lot. The adjustments were made there by Coach Schmitty and a lot of other guys who uh, represented your coaching staff there on the defense, and the adjustments were right on time and, again, made it available for you guys to be able to come back here and get this first-time win in a while. When you when you look at the offensive side though, because you guys of course uh, you know you stayed a lot with the defense. Who on the offensive side, other than maybe a Ty Olachuk that you got a chance to meet that you've again you've read about, you've talked to, uh, but this time you actually got to call him a teammate. Yeah, Brody Hawkins for sure. He's such a good route runner. I really didn't know that until I, we went because we went one on one like half the period. He's like one of the Chris. He ran like a comeback dig, and then I was like, what? He, he's a really good receiver. I didn't. I didn't realize how good of, like, an actual, like, route runner he was until this week. And it was nice to finally meet him. And then there was another kid. Who was it? Um, I think it was the River Bluff kid. Not River Bluff. Bluffton. Bluffton. He was a 6'5 receiver. I watched on film. He he was good, too. He didn't go up and high point it. Now, Brody Hopkins, of course, uh, the Somerville young man who, of course, is right down the road here from the studio, twists his ankle, I believe, in the third quarter. Uh, I think that was another moment that, I, that showed a lot of character with you guys. I, I couldn't get over how many guys kept walking over to him, giving him a hug, giving him the high five, stayed uh, around him to make him feel like, hey, man, look, you know, this, this is uh, it's a tough pill to swallow, but you had a, you had a great week of practice. You had a great week of, of getting to know everybody. And uh, overall, I thought it was a very five-star character shown across the board from everybody there on the South team. Now, here's some of the Hall of Fame, some of the guys on the MVPs, of course, on the North. Uh, the defense, Michael Brunson from Calhoun County. Uh, north offense was Eli Wilson from Wren. Uh, south defense was Emmanuel Johnson from Fort Dorchester. And on the south side, on the offensive side, Ty Olinchuk gets it from uh, Dutch Fork there. Uh, Will, as always, man, I, I appreciate you being a part of our show. Uh, we definitely look forward to hearing. And, and, and now I'll ask you the question. You, you've had some time away since you've been with us here uh, the last time, and, and you've had a few offers kind of thrown to you. Any, any new things coming out of your camp or anything coming up with you guys, maybe even as early as on Wednesday where it's the first signing, and then, of course, in February they'll do the, the other signing day there. But uh, what's up with your future and, and any plans on playing football after this? Yeah, sure. I think so because this week has brought, like, a lot of, like, 
college camp, college people to the like on Monday, like everyone, like there were so many coaches surrounded the field. So Newberry started talking to me in North Greenville. So the door has definitely opened up and definitely something I have to consider. Because I think after this week, it really shows like I'm going to miss this game. I kind of want to play it at the next level. <laughs> well, you showed number one, not only that you want to play it, it shows that you can play it. Because here's the thing, you played against and with the best of the best in the state. Uh, of South Carolina for sure, and, and you held your own. You had your own, uh, your own little highlight reel there. You got, like I said, you got three solo tackles on the on the day. You had multiple combined tackles. How many bat downs you had? How many uh, opportunities you were able to be seen? I know there was a lot of junior college coaches around on the campus, uh, or at least up and down the sideline over at Myrtle Beach, and uh, and all of that. Now, uh, I guess the final thing I'll ask you is this, brother: What was the atmosphere like when you walked in there? And, uh, of course, it's Saturday, and it looked great. It was a great day for football, as it always is. But definitely Saturday was a really special day. I've played uh, in that same stadium on many different levels uh, when it comes down to it because I went to their rival high school, so we would play. And, of course, in this game as well. When you look at this game and, and you look at this, without a doubt, this is your final high school appearance in, in a uniform. Uh, this is your last time you'll wear a Wando helmet. Uh, when did it hit you uh, that, that this was kind of the wrap-up, the final um, chapter for you in high school, your encore uh, opportunity to go against uh, other teams or other players here in high school? I think it finally hit me at the very end of the game when all the parents walked up and I saw Coach Noonan, like all my friends supporting me and my girlfriend. It was just like one of those experiences. It was like, this is crazy. This is really my last time. I didn't even cry. It was, like, one of those moments where I just, like, took it all in. Like, I'll, I'll probably remember that, like, all of them walking up to me with all the smiles and stuff like that. And just to be able to, like, like support them and, like, let um, – what, what's the word? Like, represent them. I right. think that's when it finally hit me, and it was it was a good moment. I tell you what, man, it had to be a good moment for you guys to pick up that 35-17 win against the North and uh, get things kind of up and running. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to Luke Doty? I know he won Mr. Football. There was a lot of guys there, and, and your heart kind of goes out for the other guys who made it but didn't get the trophy. But, uh, you know, again, the South kind of uh, took home the W, took home the hardware in, in multiple fashions. Kind of a big day for you guys on, on your side of the ball. But did, have, have you ever met, number one, Luke Doty before, and did you have a chance uh, to talk to him on uh, Saturday or before? I haven't, but we scrimmage, um, scrimmage Myrtle Beach every – every year and we have to go against him and I, I can say he's definitely deserving of that award that kid can fight out play the sophomore year he lined up at receiver when we scrimmaged him and he could catch any ball like he can play receiver if y'all if he wanted to because he's that <laughs> athletic yeah he's, he's got a good some crazy athlete. skills yes sir well buddy we appreciate everything that you've done for high school football i know everybody at wando is super proud of you 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 did well brother you represented the low country uh, Wando High School, the state of South Carolina in fashion, man, and, and, and we hate to see you well, we hate to see you graduate. I know the other defensive coordinators are ready to see you get out of there and get out of that Wando uniform so they can get some routes ran in the secondary, but uh, you, you were able to do some things and leave your mark here in the high school ranks, but uh, as always, uh, we're going to catch up to you. Once you decide where you want to go, I'm going to open the door, and, and of course, uh, Brandon Johnson did this uh, a couple weeks ago. He called me up and said, hey, I want to announce where I'm going on your show. The door's open. If you want to call in here and, and announce where you're going and make it live here on the radio, we'd love to have you, man. I can meet you somewhere. We could do it live in person. That's fine, too. Uh, but just uh, know that we want to be a part of what you guys are doing and where you're heading. And, again, North Greenville's a good spot for you. I'm going to tell you right now, 
uh, you could play there tomorrow without doubt. There's other places you can play, but I think the campus alone is is, is worth the ride up and checking out. But uh, keep us up to date, and you and I will talk on and off the air a couple more times before that day comes. Yes, sir. That sounds good. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a great day. Enjoy this week. Catch back up on all that stuff. One final week before you guys hit out for the break. Yes, sir. All right, guys, there you go. That, of course, is Will Picker, and we uh, want to thank him and the entire group of guys and girls over there at Wando High School for allowing us to uh, bring him in here to talk to us about what's going on. Uh, Will, you know, you and I, of course, uh, talked on Saturday. I, I, I let you do the shows uh, Saturday because, quite frankly, uh, why not let you have a shot at what we do here Monday through Friday? But it's kind of your own gig on, on, on Saturday. You and I talked about this game, and that's a kid that I told you, Will Pickering, I became a fan of him when, when he was able to single-handedly really kind of shut down a lot of action against Somerville. We made that road trip over there to Wando, and, and he looked good. I mean, he looked real good, and he kept looking good all year. Yeah, and a, a real physical player, really uh, dominant whenever um, whenever the ball came to him on that side, and he was able to, uh, you know, just to, to be able to punish the um, – really just to be able to punish our, our offense in, in that light, but – um, while I still have have him on the line here, real quick, I did some I did some digging and found out that uh, the receiver from Bluffton that he was talking about, his name is Rakeem White. Rakeem White. Rakeem, Rakeem White, and right. he's the he's the six foot five, 175 uh, pound receiver there from um, from the lower part of the Low Country. Right, right. So um, I just want I just wanted to get that out to you real quick. I know yeah. you were trying to uh, figure out his name, but you you gave me the school, and that's all I needed to know, man. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's, hey, look, we're earning this keep over here. So we, we appreciate everything. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll reset some things. But, uh, man, I tell you what, this young man, he, he did exactly what I thought he would do when he went to this bowl game. He made uh, a huge impact. He left his name there on the Grand Strand. But he is also able to make some memories, pick up some few friends. And uh, so many guys called in to me. So many guys sent direct messages to me because I had a lot of players that I would ask them off the air, hey, man, who's somebody you can't wait to meet? And I tell you what, Will had at least 15 guys between the North and the South that would say, man, I can't wait to meet this guy. He's like a Tasmanian devil in the secondary for Wando, man. Who's that kid? Wanda, you know, Will. And I said, yeah, that, that kid's a baller, man. He can get after it. And of course, uh, he did that. And Hopefully, uh, he realizes the impact that he left, not only at Wando, but across the state of South Carolina. We're taking a break. We're coming back. You want to call in, join us. If you're a coach, call in. I don't care if you coached at the uh, North-South game, if you're up there in the uh, upper part of the state right now, getting ready for the Shrine Bowl. Have you coached your high school team, offensive line, defensive line, position coach, OCDC head coach, doesn't matter. We want to hear from you guys here this morning, okay? 323-784-9681. If you're a parent, if you're a fan, same goes. Call in, hang out. Other than that, Will and I will keep it moving here. As we're going to turn the page next, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this Heisman Trophy situation that just happened over uh, the weekend all that and much more right here on southern sports Central. Reach up, baby, 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside uh, Will Porter on the other side of the glass here, punching buttons, answering phones, and making things come to life here on the show here on Blog Talk Radio. We are part of that Blog Talk family tradition here as we're continuing to bring you two solid hours of uh, sports radio here in the mornings. Seven to nine is the time slot here. You can join us live when we're on the air. When we go off the air, you can go back and listen to it because uh, thanks to Blog Talk, they record it, and then we can kind of just keep spitting it back out at you throughout the day, throughout the week. And uh, you can always go back if you're an interview uh, here on here or you're a guest with us, you can always go back and hear what you sound like. A lot of people don't get that opportunity as well. Now, a couple of avenues, a couple of ways here to check in with us here at the Gears Pharmacy Studios. You can call in 323-784-9681. That's the easiest way to say hello to us. Again, 323-784-9681. We'll put it out there in just a minute on our Twitter page. Uh, you can also tweet at us at SO Sports Central, and you can hit us up on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. We don't do a lot of stuff on Instagram unless we're out and about, and then we'll take some pictures and we'll share it with us. Uh, but uh, this, by the way, Blake Brown, who is a loyal listener and, of course, uh, follows us around since day one, uh, this young man uh, chimed in and said, hey, don't forget, South Carolina did beat Clemson over the weekend in basketball, 67-54. Gamecocks improved to 7-7. Seven and seven. Tigers fall to five and five. It was in Clemson. And again, everybody's like, oh, well, we beat them in football. Well, you know what? Hey, look, a win is a win is a win. And, and, and for the Gamecock fans, enjoy this one because uh, you don't beat them in football. That's right. <laughs> so you enjoy the wins you can. Hey, look, basketball is a big deal because guess what? Ask, uh, there's another team up there in the upstate what it feels like to beat 
a, a team like, I don't know, North Carolina, they lost yesterday. Yeah, too, the, what, the, the Wofford Terriers. Yeah. I, I saw that, too, and I was like, what? That, yeah. that happened? I think that happened again, though. For some again. reason, I think they beat them before. Well, well, they've done a very excellent job up there at Walford. Um, they they got into the Final Four, or not in the Final Four. They they were able to punch their ticket into March Madness, and then they got. I think they got all the way to, um, into the second round. They did. They they only got to play the first weekend. They never got to play the second. But I mean, it, it's stellar basketball that they're playing up there. For them to beat right. a, uh, for them to beat a a powerhouse like North Carolina, who is known for basketball and and. Uh, I think Coach Lou Williams up there to uh, the and and it was at home. They went to North, North Carolina. Carolina. Right. They went to North Carolina and beat the Tar Heels there. Not a good day for the ACC in basketball. And again, that that that's that's a rarity. What what basketball is to the ACC would be relevant to what SEC football is. I mean, it's a big deal. That's what right. yeah, right. and and that's what when you think about you know what sports good at what who goes what they do wherever they're at there. The SEC, of course, has played some basketball, but nothing, nowhere near like what you see in the ACC. I mean, no, they're, right, they're, yeah. they're a powerhouse. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so for them to lose to Wofford, North Carolina, like, wow, that's 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 not a good look. Didn't go the way you thought it was going to go, little buddy. I didn't see that happening that way. Uh, of course, and then South Carolina winning against Clemson. Uh, South Carolina, again, Frank Martin's trying to build something over there, and it seems like he's just a play, maybe a player, away from taking it back to where they were. Remember, it wasn't but a few years ago. These guys were rolling, man. They were in the Final Four, I believe it was. Uh, did some big things, but hasn't been able to find that chemistry. Because basketball, unlike football, there's 11 guys on the offense, 11 guys on the defense. On basketball, it's the same five. It's the same five running up and down the court. It's a chemistry-driven sport more than probably, I would honestly say, more than any of the other ones. Yeah, we talk, what does each one of them bring? Yeah, because baseball is different than football. It's different than basketball. Basketball is nothing but chemistry to me. When you got that few amount of guys in there and they're not rotating in and out on a regular basis like you see football, you know, baseball, it's it's a chemistry thing, yes, but it's more of a you always got to know what's going to happen next type of thing. You know, it just it's a different mindset. This is where we tell you guys to play multiple sports because it brings you multiple opportunities to learn multiple things. So for football, it's more of a smash mouth gladiator type sport it, it's going to collide into another guy that's got a football and it sounds crazy but you do it running 100 miles an hour and you run in the same direction one way then you turn around and run the other way then you run the other way and it's non-stop for four solid quarters basketball you're running the same way you're running back and forth right same thing your goal is to put it in the same little area right at the end of each court just like football mm-hmm. but it's the field uh but there's a chemistry thing involved and I'm not saying there's not chemistry in football because there is chemistry in football, but it's not quite as honed in on. And then you get baseball. Well, baseball, what, who's on first? What's on second? We don't know who's on third. And if you don't do your job, everybody's sitting at home. It's a thought process. It's more of a what's going to happen next type of game, right? It, you don't really, you don't really do that in football. You do, but you don't. But nowhere near like a, a blade of grass changes the direction of the baseball. That doesn't happen. A blade of grass has very little bit of control on a football because it's so heavy. Baseball's a little bit lighter, and the spin on it will cause a different thing. If you're a pitcher like myself in college, the game steps up a heck of a lot from high school to college. I mean, it is, it's, it's chess checkers. It's all of that and some. But for me, you know, even playing the game of football was the same way at the next level. Yeah, and, um, you know, the thing with basketball is how I think the popularity or, or how the popularity has uh, skyrocketed in recent memory or in recent years is because of the fast-paced action, but also 
um, the the ability for you to you know relate to the players in, in a sense and like um, I I heard it best talking about you know the NBA in particular is that you know it's its own soap opera there are a lot of different storylines that you can be able to uh, to be able to follow along. Uh, most recently, um, you know, most recently being how the, the Houston Rockets tried to um, they tried to challenge the NBA and the uh, trying to start start a game or, or start a game over again from a certain point because there there was a uh, there were points that they scored that didn't get counted because right. the ref thought that the basket um, that the basket the ball went in and out, but um, but I digress from that. Another thing is that uh, just how how you can really uh, you can really relate to them. Think about it on the football field. You have these, you have these kids, or or even these grown men here in the NFL. They're in pads and they're in helmets. You you don't really get to see them look like an actual like an actual human. Um, and then like with baseball, but they're so they're kind of so far away. With basketball, it, it's very isolated, uh, very um, very short, like nine like ninety feet. Right from uh, from the from one end of the court to the other, and for you to to see that nonstop action, nonstop scoring, I think that that's what really um, that's what really got me honed into um, liking college basketball because it's not it's it's almost nonstop forty minutes, but it's a lot of strategy being put into it as well, and um, you know you you're, you're utilizing all the players that you can because you know sometimes you don't have. Uh, players that are able to score all the points that you need. That's why you have so many, um, you have so many players on the stat line that they're scoring, you know, 10 points or, or 12 points, but that's all the players. Right. And you add that up and it's, and, and that's a winning combination. I do believe. Yeah. I mean, college sports in general for me. And again, that's when I built this empire or this, the, this foundation, if you will, of Southern sports central, it was a college high school driven foundation. Again, we, we will talk NFL here starting today into the remainder of the year for them because uh, we, we slow down a little bit more on high school because there's just not enough topics to get into. Now they'll have an early signing day on Wednesday. That will be a huge conversation this week. And then of course uh, there's a shrine bowl going on. Uh, we even dip into the state of Georgia at, at the top of the eight o'clock hour because the Cedar Groves head coach comes in here with us. Cedar Groves come into Somerville actually two years ago and played against the green wave. And uh, this same team, uh, after they played Somerville, they went and played in the state of Alabama on ESPN. This year, they've gone down the state of Florida. They've gone up there to Illinois and somewhere in that area, and, and they've played as well. So, you know, we're going to have other high school teams and coaches come in here, not just the Palmetto State. So I'm not going to say we're not going to have coaches and players because this time of year we will turn it up a lot more with coaches coming in here, and we'll talk about what they're doing on their campuses or what can they do or what their players should be doing. Uh, but that being said, you know, college basketball, to me, is another conversation that's going to start becoming a little bit more heavier here on the show as well as we get closer to March Madness. Again, because they do play a ton of games, and they start it in November, and my God, it's like forever. Once they get to the end of January, they start seeing the likes of, of conference championship conversations and things start to kind of hone in on what's really kind of going on. We, we got to get into that. But uh, that being said, uh, you know, I don't want to not get into the Heisman Trophy conversation because uh, at 8 o'clock we will have a guest come in here. But uh, you, did you get a chance to watch it Saturday night? I don't know if you watched it. I did. I did. And it, it was a tearjerker for sure. And I think that the, the aura of the night was that you, we knew that Joe Burrow was going to win it. Right. We, we, were, we were just like the, the anticipation is killing us. Just get, just get on ahead to uh, 8.50 whenever you announce it. And and just say Joe Burrow's name because like, right. there's there's no doubt because not only is he 
the best player in college football, and deservingly so, because the Heisman Trophy is the like the Heisman Trophy determines that, but also the fact of that he was able to single-handedly change uh, the look of an LSU offense. Of course, with the help of Joe Brady and his coaches, and he made he made a homage to um, Ed Ogeron, his head coach there at LSU. But uh, Burrow's ability uh, to really change with the offense and and bring new light and to break records. He broke records left and right uh, for SEC, um, you know, passing touchdowns and, and things like that. All the while, like I said, in the SEC, where right. you face the likes of Auburn, you face the likes of Florida and Georgia and Alabama and, um, and, and just a bunch of these other different teams that are threats, that they are like, they are, they are powerhouse teams. Right. And and no doubt because that that's the SEC and they play they play this whole other breed of football. Well, they're definitely the, I would say uh, Smash Mouth is the first thing that comes to mind. He had set ninety point seven of first place votes. That's the highest in the Heisman Trophy uh, contest when it comes to it. And, and the quote that I know that we're going to try to play his stuff here in a minute. But he said this and quote: "This is from Joe Burrow, who again was emotional during his Heisman Trophy speech. Uh, he says." Can you imagine a guy like Coach O giving me the keys to his football program? He just means so much to me and my family. That interview, that 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 speech, I guess, is as you would say, was was probably the most emotional speech I've seen uh, in, in a while. Not not the most, because again, I've seen about everybody that comes up here gets very, they're very emotional, they're very passionate, they've poured everything they have into the getting to this night, and then being one of the final four selected to sit up there. Beside their, 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 you know, their, their, the guys that play the same game they do, some of them the same position, I thought it was quite interesting. And for me, you know, to see the way that Coach O was brought into uh, to, to LSU and, and put at the stage he was able to put there, and again, he hadn't had the success prior to getting there other than as a coordinator, they took a chance on him, it paid off. He takes a chance on a kid who hadn't played football in, what, two, three years from the state of Ohio, was at Ohio State, you saw the relationship there. He walked over and he hugged the coaches from Ohio State because they were the first ones that offered it to him. So have you found it, Will? Do you have a chance? Yeah, I found it, but it's going to take a little bit uh, of time to load uh, from, from start to finish. But um, it, it, there was an article that I read on The Athletic that was talking about just Joe Burrow's uh, weekend or, or just his entire week. Uh, he went from Baltimore to accept an award on Wednesday uh, down to Atlanta to accept the – um, to accept the Maxwell Award and the other handful of awards um, that that we announced on the show on Friday of what he won, uh, that was on that was on Thursday, and then Friday he takes the plane up to New York City, and it's it's just a bunch of uh, it's just a bunch of PR um, like just a lot of PR stuff uh, happenings uh, going on, right? And what you saw from Joe Burrow was an exhausted man, right? Because you, I, I just reading it, just reading it, and what all that he had to go through, or what what they all had to go through, really was, was exhausting to me. Right. And like, I'll give you one example that the article highlighted. Uh, I think it was they were uh, going to do a, a piece for ESPN, and he was uh, he was in his uh, LSU uh, Letterman jacket. Um, do you remember seeing the pictures yep. of those? Yep. And uh, they were waiting out in Times Square, and it was kind of starting to rain and stuff. And they had the they had the Heisman Trophy there. Um, you know, for the interview as well. LSU, the school, they paid for a uh, banner to be put up in, in like in Times Square, and you know how they have all the uh, all the different changing oh, yeah. banners for the sponsors and whatever. And so uh, they were waiting for 
about 10 or 15 minutes uh, just for this for this banner to come across and, and load for a little bit. And then they would do their interview and then uh, it would be over. Uh, and instead of it taking about 10 minutes, I think it took about half an hour. And, you know, right. and I, as I mentioned, again, Joe Burrow being an introvert and the way that he is, I mean, and he's he would rather be in a film room than uh, being asked questions about about playing football or, or, or what's next, because his goal, mind you, anytime he that he's asked, you know, what what is your goal? He always mentions win a national championship. He never mentioned one time about winning the Heisman or those accolades really mattering to him. Right. And then whenever the the trophy was finally presented, his name was called and it just it all came it all came in. His his older sister, this is another tidbit and then I'll pass it back to you, Richie, that his sister said that the Burrow boys and you can talk about Jimmy Burrow, his dad, or uh, you know, Joe and uh I think his younger brother too, they're not emotional. They they are they are not very emotional people at all. And for for Joe to go up there and and just, you know, let it let it all out. And and good for the young man too. Well, the thing is, I think you look well. His dad, first of all, is a coach. I mean, he's a, he's the son of a, a he's the son of a coach. He's a coach's kid, so he's been around this atmosphere. He understands what it's like. If you remember, for you Gamecock fans, he's like a Connor Shaw. He's a kid that he would rather be sitting in the film room than out here signing autographs or or, or being in the limelight. He lost his cell phone a, a week or so ago, right? And 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 Coach O was like, "Wait, man, you know, he's I don't care about my cell phone. I care about winning the game. We got a game to play, Coach. We got a game to get ready for." Uh, more awards continue to come out here for him and a few others. Of course, uh, they continue to rack him up on the player of the year. Of course, defensively is Joe Burrow. on the uh, Offensively, excuse me, is Joe Burrow. Defensively is Chase Young. How cool was that to see Ohio State had not won two guys. They had a guy from the offense and the defense. And, again, uh, you know, for, for them to have an offense and defensive guy, that tells you right now this is not the same Buckeye team that we've seen in the playoffs up to this point. This, again, is probably going to be the most dangerous Buckeye team and they're in the best position because everybody's already sold them out against Clemson. Everybody's got Clemson winning this win, and this is – I don't even know why Ohio State's going. I love it. I think they ought to embrace it, enjoy it, because I'm telling you, if by chance Clemson destroys this team, then, yeah, if you're whoever, LSU or Oklahoma, you need to be worried because this team is some type of bionic team out of Clemson, South Carolina. And I'm not saying they're not, but this team, Ohio State, is very different. Does it, has it pulled itself up together? I think it should have. So right. I'm going to play here. Let's play. This is, of course uh, – this is uh, – Mr. Burrow accepting this trophy, but listen to the words. Moms, dads, coaches, players, listen to the words and how he's so emotional about what he tells us here in his speech. And, you know, during crawfish, during crawfish season, we coach will make sure we, got, we have pounds and pounds and pounds of crawfish during that year. Um, Coach O. You have no idea what you mean to my family? No, I didn't play for three years. You took a chance on me, not knowing if I could play or not. And I'm forever in your 
forever grateful for you. Can you imagine a guy like Coach O giving me the keys to to his football program? He just means so much to me and my family. And to LSU. I sure hope they give him a lifetime contract. He deserves it. Of course, uh, that's the uh, the winning Heisman Trophy uh, from uh, winner from LSU. He's the second person in the history of LSU to win this trophy. Uh, Joe Burrow, of course, uh, the Ohio native, who uh, just humble. I, I mean, you know, you like to see these kids win these awards, but I like to see these kids that are just so. Man, it took him a while to compose himself. And you heard the guys in the background, hey, man, take your time. Take this. Embrace this. and Enjoy this. He turns around. He looks behind him. There's so many other great former Heisman Trophy winners there that, that, had, that had gone before him, that had won this trophy before him and embraced him. Because this is a fraternity that he'll be a part of forever. Now he gets to become an actor, by the way. And he, he gets to go stay yeah, at that's that, the, that Heisman house. Yeah, that's the joke. Uh, <laughs> that you get to be an actor now. And then joining the lights of, uh, of, of Tim Tebow and Kyler Murray and so Bo Jackson, all of them. Oh, yeah. And they have so much fun doing it. Right. And I mean, to me, you know, it, it is a lot of fun. It's funny when they have like Ingram and, and, and Jackson in there together. Right. Because one's a Buckeye, excuse me, one's a an Auburn Tiger. The other one's a, 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 an Alabama Crimson Tide. And they put them in the car together. And, 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 the, and the writers for this, I think, just are enjoyable as anybody else. Uh, we do have to take a break. Coming up at the top of the hour, we head to uh, Cedar Grove High School in Atlanta, Georgia, where Cedar Grove is one another one. If there's some high school football to be played in Atlanta, you can promise you, you're watching Cedar Grove. They're a 3A school, and uh, they do things in fashion. They've got a very interesting storyline, and we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, with uh, the coach that's going to come up in here with us in just a minute here at the top of the hour. But they have seven schools, one stadium, and they rotate them around. So for anybody who complains about, well, we don't have this and we don't have that, well, guess what they do have at Cedar Grove? They got state championship rings. They ain't worried about what stadium they play in. They'll come to you. Ask them. They came to Somerville, South Carolina, and laid the hammer down in the first two quarters. Now, I got to give credit where credit's due because in the third and fourth quarter, Coach called and the boys regrouped and repositioned some things, and, and, and Coach Self does what Coach Self does as good as any defensive coordinator in the state that I've seen, and he adjusted and, and did some things uh, that needed to be done. And had they played that in the first half, it would have been a lot better uh, opportunity for Somerville to uphand and uphold a, a, a team that has multiple, well, I'll tell you, multiple kids that are going across the country to play football in Division One. And, oh, by the way, that coach that we talk about that's got uh, a chance, uh, who's, who's been in here, Coach Parks, he's part of that, that coaching tree over there at Cedar Grove. Mm. The other coach that we had come in from the other state, uh, the other part of Georgia, uh, I, I'm, his name's right now is passing me by, but he also is part of Cedar Grove. The Cedar Grove's tree is a very strong root and the branches that reach out across the uh, southeast are incredible. That's pretty great. That's, That's pretty, pretty great. Um, you know, before we before we take our break and then transition into the eight o'clock hour, you know that we we here on Southern Sports Central, um, it, we talk about the things that are that are bigger than than the games themselves, and and really is something that we we pride ourselves on that the the conversations that we have that's what that's what it's more uh, that's what it's all about, and that's what it's more into. I wanted to, uh, this is also in the same article from The Athletic, I wanted to read this to you. Um, you know that uh, Billy Cannon 
uh, won the Heisman Trophy back in 1959 for the LSU Tigers. And that was the first and only uh, Heisman Trophy winner before Joe Burrow. Um, Billy Cannon passed away um, on May 20th, 2018. Uh, Burrow officially signed the paperwork to play football at LSU on May 20th, 2018. And you can't tell me that there's some higher you can't you cannot tell me that there is not some higher power that just has has a perfect storyline to be written out because there is and it's crazy it's incredible i don't disagree with you i think uh, you're exactly right and also unfortunately yesterday morning you wake up and uh, the state of south carolina uh loses another tradition here man i tell you what december is going to be one to remember and it's uh it's not all bad man it's a celebration because the years that these guys have continued to give us we've lost two uh, radio guys, two coaches, uh, one at the college level, one at the high school level. And, uh, hey, we, le- we, we lost the radio who uh, passed away uh, yesterday morning. Uh, Will, I'll let you talk a little bit about this as well because uh, we're up against the 8 o'clock hour quickly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's a guy who, uh, you know, never had a chance to meet. But, man, I've read so much about him. My goal was to go up there to the Shrine Bowl, actually. This was on my bucket list back in uh in, in in september when i circled the games that we were going to do and, and, and the shrine bowl had reached out to us and said hey if you guys want to come up and do some radio we'd love to have you i thought to myself great time to go see a guy named radio and introduce myself to him because uh you know i grew up watching that movie but i grew up hearing about him way before they made a movie about it because i've got friends up in that side of the world but uh not only to what he meant for uh tio hannah what he meant for that school but what he meant for that community what he meant for the sports world, what he meant for South Carolina, for Friday Night Lights. I mean, there's so much more to this young man that, that, that the legacy, the life, and the celebrations that they will continue to have, even though the tears, I would hope, they're going to be tears of joy. They look very similar to pain, and they are pain because you hate to see somebody leave you because uh, you don't know when you're going to see them again. But, uh, man, the, the memories that this guy made, and, and I watched somebody uh, sent me a video yesterday where I think it was last year he was sitting in the gymnasium at Tio Hanna. And they were playing Christmas music. And he's sitting there just singing the old Christmas songs, man. Just, hey, just another day in the life of radio. And uh, for everybody who I would say that grew up around him, that, that saw him walking the streets or on the bus or over at the school, you know, it's like we say in Myrtle Beach about Hunter Renfro. You know, we, we, we've known Hunter Renfro most of our, all of his life. Now you guys are just finally getting a chance to meet him at Clemson. Or now you guys are getting a chance to meet him at Oakland. So same thing goes for radio. He was a guy who I think, without a doubt, uh, if you were ever blessed enough to cross his path, man, what a, what a memory it was. And I'm sure something you'll never forget. Right. Um, I was a student at Anderson university a couple of years ago, my, my freshman year and, um, making some friends there. And, um, I, I never went out of my way to, to go to TL Hannah or, or any, any way that I could possibly meet radio, but, uh, his, but just to hear about his life and his legacy carrying on about, um, just just being carried on and and um and I've made a mention of this before and I'll say it again that you know the life and the legacy of of a loved one or somebody that uh is very near and dear and close to you uh they are the ones that um th- their memory will last as long as you do their their memory will forever live uh as long as you do and so um just, and just all of the the pictures and the um all the pictures that uh, that I've seen on Facebook and all of the um all of the, the, the treasured moments that people in, in my life or in my circle that I know um, that have had interactions with radio, it's pretty incredible to see. 
Well, again, the news came out yesterday morning. Uh, T.L. Hanna's high school legend James Radio Kennedy passes away. Uh, the family confirmed it yesterday. Uh, I believe he was 73 years old. Uh, he was taken, of course, uh, uh, to hospice of the upstate in Anderson County on Saturday afternoon. Uh, he passed away early Sunday morning. So what we're going to do, uh, you know, uh, all the way back to the 1960s as a teenager, this guy was running up and down the sideline, meant so much to the – to the schools and, and, and there are guys at this at, at a lot of campuses who play a, a team role. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take a break. This is going to be a, 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 a about a 30 second uh, pause here with no noise whatsoever to pay homage to a guy who was much more uh, than just a guy who showed up on, on Monday through Sundays who had no opportunity to play the game. He loved the game. He loved the players. He loved the coaches and the families. And I promise you, he knew every name, every number, Every memory, every moment. So on behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central, to the TL family, to Radio's family as well, we send our condolences, our thoughts, and our prayers. We'll be right back at the top of the hour coming up next. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed, call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tents. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. Here, top of the hour, number two. Now, as we're getting ready to get in here and uh, hang out with the head coach over at Cedar Grove, Coach Patrick will join us here in just a moment. But until then, um, again, uh, you know, a good solid hour one. We're getting here with Will Pickering, the uh, defensive back for um, Wando High School, headed over to Myrtle Beach this past week, and they find a way to take down the the south side of uh, of, of the of the challenges against, uh, of course, uh, the north south game. Loaded rosters on both sides, and when I looked through this roster, there were so many guys that have come into this show, been a part of it, and uh, we'll, um, we'll, of course, uh, we'll get more into that as the, the the hour gets into it. But without further ado, I am going to bring him in right now. We head to Atlanta, Georgia, where I think he's in the car, possibly uh, running around town. But we will say top of the morning to Coach Patrick and the Cedar Grove fellas over there. Uh, Coach, man, I tell you, if there's Friday night lights to play, you guys are doing it and winning championships along the way. Congratulations on another championship season. Oh, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Man, you know, I didn't realize it. I should have. I knew you guys put talent all over the football field, but who knew you guys were just creating disciples in the world of high school football coaches? 
you know, we got one here in the state of South Carolina, Coach Parks, and then, uh, you know, I, I watch uh, another coach uh, that, that sent you a message uh, the other day in, in the state of Georgia who we've actually had on this show as well. And uh, who knew that he coached over there with you guys as well, man. But holy moly, you guys, uh, you know, and, and of course, uh, the, the the coach right before you, you know, your predecessor, who um, is now coaching up there at Georgia State, man. I mean, watching him come up to you yesterday or Saturday and uh, giving you that big hug. And again, I've seen you guys here in Somerville when you guys played the Green Wave and came in here and we had a chance to all meet for the first time one-on-one at least, uh, man, that bond is so solid. Everybody talks about the players' bond, but that coach's connection, man, that's something special. Yeah, you know, um, our coaching staff, when I first got to Cedar Grove, um, each one of those guys that were on that staff um, are just about head coaches. So it was me, Coach Smith, um, Coach Park, who's now uh, Ridgeview, and then uh, – William Richardson, who's coaching in South Carolina as well, and then Kareem Reed, who's coaching down at Griffin down here in Georgia. So we were all on the same coaching staff at Cedar Grove at one point in time. And I believe the gentleman you had, you just talked about, the other gentleman in the state of South Carolina, we've had him on here as well because, you know, it, it, something was said, and he mentioned Cedar Grove, and, of course, I started chiming in with him, and we got off there, and he was like, man, you know a little about Cedar Grove. And I was like, yeah, well, Coach Smith and I actually – um, played against each other in high school. He's from up up here in the Grand Strand of the in the, in, in the PD area side of things. And I was like, but I, you know, I've had my conversation with Coach Patrick, of course, and uh, I, I'm pretty close to Coach Parks, and uh, got the chance to get to introduce myself and get to know Coach Reed and his program over there as well in the other side of Georgia. But you know, for you guys, man, it's it's a culture that you guys are building. And I said this right before you came on here. You know, uh, you guys are doing it while you're sharing a stadium with uh, what six or seven other high schools. You're not worried about where you're playing you're just wanting to make sure that you get a chance to play and then finding somebody to play you outside of your normal region man that's a tough challenge at sometimes as well oh yeah man we we go through it every year and um you know we don't have the facilities or all those things that some of these other schools have that you know uh predominantly dominate georgia but we have the kids that you know just buy into our program and our system and you know they work really hard and you know, we've, we've been blessed these last few years, man, to, you know, to go all the way. Live right now, the head football coach over there at Cedar Grove High School in Atlanta, Georgia. Coach Patrick, of course, uh, they're part of the uh, Southern Sports family here as uh, we, uh, we really get into uh, the high school ranks in and around not only the state of South Carolina, but we find our ways over there hanging out with these guys right now. Coach, uh, let's get into the season. Uh, kind of tell us uh, how the season went, your final numbers there, and uh, we'll, we'll, of course, uh, recap the the game on Saturday that you guys were able to pick up another uh, state championship uh, ring and trophy. But uh, you started off, of course, uh, doing big things. You finished off doing big things. But what did you do in the dash there? What happened in between uh, point A to B? Uh, man, we started off our season with, you know, maybe one of the toughest non-region schedules in the state of Georgia, maybe in the nation. Um, we went down to Miami Central um, to start off our season. Um, and, and get some good work down there with those guys. And then we came back home to Georgia and played some, some really, really tough competition with um, Hayesville Charter and played the 7A state runner-up in um, Phoenix Central, Alabama. Um, played them down to, a, you know, a, a last-second play that we lost on. Then went all the way out to Colorado and played the top team in Colorado, Valor Christian, and beat them. Um 
then came back to Georgia and played a top ranked seven eighteen in McKeetrin. Um, that was our non region schedule. And as you can see, none of those teams were three A. We're a three A team and we played two seven eight two seven eight teams, a six eight team and a five eight team out in Colorado. So we don't shy away from any competition. We'll play anybody anywhere and you know that that just got us prepared for our uh our playoff run. Live right now with the uh, head coach over at Cedar Grove. They've won three rings in four years and keep doing it in fashion. Not only do they beat the teams in Atlanta, they travel around the state. They'll even come to your state, as he said. Hey, man, you name the venue, they'll show up. And uh, I've seen them get off the bus here at Somerville over a year ago. I remember Coach Call looked at me and he was like, man, that's, that's a good group of guys right there. And uh, that was before the players even got off. You know, you, you guys, the coaching staff, you'll kind of lead by example. <laughs> uh, but, of course, you, you mentioned you guys went to Miami Central. Uh, you go to Colorado. Uh, the year before, you came to Somerville. You went to Alabama. Uh, and of course, the game uh, here in Somerville was on multiple networks here. You go to Alabama. It was on ESPN. Uh, you know, what happened? What I guess, give us, where did it start for you guys? Uh, I know you just don't wake up one morning and say, we're going to go travel to Somerville, South Carolina. Or we're going to go down to Miami Central or in Alabama and play or travel to Colorado. Where did this come from? And who kind of started this trend when it comes to you guys getting out and about and, and not playing just one game, but playing multiple games outside the state? Well, it started with Coach Smith. And um, what happened was, you know, after we won our first state championship, it kind of became tough to find opponents that would place you, um, you know, with the fear of losing. So we would have to, you know, seek out-of-state opponents that didn't really know a whole, whole lot about our program because, you know, at, at one point in time we got to the point where nobody, you know, would play us around us because they, they felt like, you know, it was the, the fear of losing. And it's like, you know, it's just football. You know, somebody got to win the game, somebody got to lose the game. So, you know, we, we just want to play great competition every week. You know, that's, that's, that's what we want to do because we know iron sharpens iron. And, um, you know, great competition is going to make your, your program better. Live right now with the head coach over there at Cedar Grove. These guys, again, three rings, four years. They kind of set the trend, if you will, across the uh, state of Georgia, not just uh, Georgia, but in, in the state of South Carolina and every other state of how you do it. You want to be the best. You got to go out and be the best, and they challenge everybody uh, along the way. Uh, coach, uh, you, you continue to put players at the next level. Uh, one of those guys is going to be playing here in the uh, semifinals and the final four. Uh, of course, uh, this is the brother, uh, the little big brother, if you will, Bryson Allen Williams, uh, who uh, you guys, of course, uh, y'all have a nickname for him. I'm going to let you introduce him. But when he left you guys, he went to Auburn. That wasn't the best fit for him. So he goes to this uh, junior college in Texas where Cam Newton had had spent some time. Then he figures out, I I probably should go to Ohio State, which is probably where he should have started. And Big Hurt, of course, uh, is uh, the general I'm talking about. But tell us about this guy. Introduce him uh, here to us on the show and tell us about something that I know I can get Darnisha in here to do it, but I want to hear from a coach's point of view on, on what kind of man this guy is and, uh, you know, how surprised and exciting you guys are to have him represent Cedar Grove here in, in another week or so. Man, we're we're super excited, man. Antoine Jackson is one of the, you know, best players to ever come through Cedar Grove, if not the best player to ever come through Cedar Grove. Um, awesome kid, awesome man, great student. Just a, a all-out hard worker, man, and you know we're we're proud of that guy, man, because he he's gonna represent 
upright. He's going to represent, you know, the Ohio State, right? And uh, definitely Darnisha and his dad, Antoine Senior, right? He's a big kid in size, too. I watched him kind of going through the process, and I remember when Darnisha started with us here on Southern Sports Central as a co-host, you know, we would kind of have this conversation about Bryson, and she said, well, you know, I got one more coming up in the in, in the rankings, and actually started introducing us to, to Antoine Jackson, of course. Uh, you know, you saw the size on him. Go to Auburn and do what he did there, of course, and then he finds his way. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, you know, one of the other schools that he had looked at prior to going to Auburn was Ohio State, and um, – Yep. He ends up landing back there and gets to play for Urban Myers. Yep, and uh, that's what it came down to. It came down to Auburn and Ohio State, um, you know, when he was trying to make his decision. And um, he had built, you know, kind of a connection to Coach Gardner. And, uh, you know, Antoine's a, a real, uh, you know, faithful, you know, trusting guy. So he, he, he had committed to Auburn early, so he kind of stayed with that commitment. Right now, the head coach over there at Cedar Grove, we're talking about some of his uh, athletes that are now playing at the next level. Coach, you do it as good as anybody. Uh, you, your staff, uh, whether it be a position coach, an OC, a DC, or yourself being the head coach, and you've played multiple roles here on this coaching staff as well. Uh, how many guys do you guys have coming out of your program? If you had to estimate uh, playing Division One Power 5 football, I know when you guys came here, there was a young man that had looked at going to Alabama, Auburn, uh, just to name a few of the big boys' uh, schools there in the Power Five. But it seems like year after year, your roster is just as intimidating as anybody's I've seen come across uh, the desk when I'm preparing for a team on Friday night. But it, it's just the norm for you guys. Tell me a little bit about the process and, and tell me how many guys this year, and, of course, the early signing day is Wednesday. Do you guys have anybody that's ready to pull some triggers this early or are they going to wait till February? Uh, no, we got two guys that are going to um... – sign on Wednesday, and, um, you know, both of them will be early enrollees. One, I can't, his name is T. Denson. I can't blow the cover off his yet because he hadn't made his decision yet, so it'll come down to the wire on Wednesday. And then um, our other one is defensive end, outside linebacker Alvin Williams. He's going to sign to the um, University of Colorado and go out and play for Mel Tucker and the Buffalo. Wow. That's a huge move, too. I mean, to go from Georgia to, to Colorado, or or I can only imagine uh, for this gentleman that's going to finally announce it on Wednesday, that's that's a big deal. And, you know, what's your, what's your take on this early signing day? Now I want to get into some of the kind of the, the, the coaching questions for you as a coach and as a former player. You know, Coach, when you and I played, this game was a little bit different as far as the outside of the lines. Inside the lines, it's never changed. It's, it's 100 yards in. It's two touchdowns and six points, and an extra point still gives you one to three for the field, for the uh, you know for the field goal there. That being said, w- when you look at it, coach, the early signing period here. Now that that presents a whole different can of worms here. Then you have this thing called the transfer portal, which worked out for college football because three out of four of their quarterbacks playing in the final four are part of this conversation. However, it does affect your guys at the high school level because they're going to get to go to what do I call the college football draft and get these kids out of these portals before they go and fill up their campuses, which is what they did in our day with us, being the high school kids. Kind of tell us a little bit about both of those things. Is the early signing thing, is it a good thing? And could it start affecting some of these players and not playing into their senior season? And two, how does this affect users in the high school level as far as getting these kids not really kind of guaranteed to be a starter coming in as, as they would in the past? Well, first, let's start off with that early signing period. I, I don't really like it. Um, 
I'm not a, a huge fan of it. I think, you know, at this point in time in a student athlete's life, you know, it's kind of you're, you're kind of rushing them to make a decision that they have to live with for the next three or four years. You know what I mean? So that's where you get the transfer portal, and that's that's why that transfer portal is so huge now because you're rushing these kids in to make this huge, huge, you know, decision, and when they get there, it's not the decision that they really wanted to make because they didn't have time to make it. And so now that's why the transfer portal is, you know, flooded because you rushed this kid, you told him, you sold him all these dreams and told him he's going to come in and play right away, and when that doesn't happen, they don't know what to do. And now you're giving them this opportunity to just up and leave, you know, at any time that they want to. And I, I really don't think it's, you know, right. I mean, it, it, it's working out for college football decently, but, you know, to me it, it's not teaching these young men to, you know, kind of persevere when things don't go your way. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of either one, the early signing period or, um, you know, the transfer portal, but, you know, it is what it is. Live right now with the head coach over there at Cedar Grove High School. They've won three out of the last four state championships. Of course, uh, they win this past weekend against Crisp County. Uh, 21-14 was the final there. You would never know, Coach, that you guys went kind of in a a little bit of a drought there at at some point during the year, was it? uh, You guys missed the playoffs all the way from 2000 to 2009. But, man, something clicked. Something in that weight room started taking place on that football field. And all of a sudden, here you go. So I'm going to ask you this question. Your players, I, I know you, you put the football down after the game there on Saturday. You can't really touch it again, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I think it's a nationwide thing. But you won't touch it again as far as a team is concerned until the spring. Now, that being said, and if I'm wrong, you can kind of correct me there too. But uh, here in the state of South Carolina, that, that's kind of how that works. Now, coaches can't go out there and do anything, or that's going to have some implications into next year. Do your players, they, do they go out there on their own, and, and, and what do they do? And I know the weight room is there, and, of course, they're all having weight training class. That's part of their normal uh, high school routine in classes because they now can put that into the, the mandating, saying, okay, this is a class, they're different than math or science. But what are they doing outside of that weight room? Are they going out on their own? And, and the defensive team's going down there and working drills on the football field. Are they finding somewhere to go in town and keep working on the fundamentals? Because it seems like, again, you guys keep graduating these kids, but you guys keep reloading uh, the arsenal, man. And I tell you what, that belt is locked and loaded. I looked at your roster earlier, and it's still young coming up in the scheme yep. of things. And you're taking over this program for the first time this year. Nothing's changed. The standards are still the same. The trophies are still coming in, and you're the head coach doing it. Well, I think, um, you know, the first thing we do is we encourage our guys to be multiple sport athletes. So, you know, the first thing that does is it keeps you competitive all year round. So we'll have guys from this, this team that are going to go straight to basketball in a couple weeks. And then, you know, some of the guys will take this little break off and, yeah, they'll do a little training, but then they'll go straight to track. You know, so we encourage our guys, first of all, to be multiple sport athletes, you know, to stay competitive all year round. Um, and I think, I think that helps us out a, a huge amount. And then after that, you know, there are a lot of a lot of guys that are connected to our program that, that just do fundamental football training. And, um, you know, they grab groups of guys, you know, periodically, and they'll work them out and, you know, do fundamental stuff out on the field with them. And, you know, some of them have gyms and things that they may go to to have indoor facilities. 
and they'll get some fundamental training with those. And then, um, you know, a lot of our skill guys are on those kind of all-star seven-on-seven teams, and that, that you know, keeps them kind of fresh as well. Live right now with the head coach over there at Cedar Grove High School. Uh, first time uh, as the head coach, but he's been on the staff for quite some time, so he is used to uh, winning state championships, and that was no different on Saturday night as he is uh, the head coach who uh, takes these boys all the way to the top. 21-14, they uh, beat Crisp County uh, again, three out of four years, they won state champions, uh, chip trophies and rings, and they get all the hardware they can. Uh, somebody asked you about a dynasty, building this dynasty, uh, Coach, and, and you said, yeah, this senior class right here can definitely utilize and, and use that phrase dynasty. Talk to us a little bit about what did you tell these seniors? And I know firsthand what it's like to hear a coach talk to a special senior class. Joe Call did this at Somerville last year. I had a chance to watch him. Over, uh, I'd say about 18, 19 kids going into playing college football off that roster from the year that you guys actually uh, saw them. That being said, uh, you know, you said this before, Coach, is that it's a better competition. And, and I think really that's what you saw with Somerville. When they opened up against you guys in week zero here in the state of South Carolina, it was a tough battle the first two quarters. They adjusted. Unfortunately, you guys had such a spread there, it was a lot to cover back up in. They, by playing you guys, I think got better out of a loss than they would out of playing a lesser of opponent on that given night because they were ready to go to the next game and they knew, okay, look, we don't give our best of the best. It's going to make a tough Friday night again the following one. Coach, kind of tell us a little bit about the competition there and, and that avenue and then uh, give us some love on that senior class, man. Three out of four, that, that's hard to do and uh, you guys have done that here over at Cedro. All right, so like you know, from the competition standpoint, we had a really, really good team in 2017. As a matter of fact, the team went undefeated all the way to the Final Four. And that year, we said to ourselves, we was like, man, this team is really, really good. We're excelling. But when we turn on the film, you know, we're still making too many mistakes. But we were destroying people. And it wasn't that we were as good as we thought. It's because the competition level wasn't where we needed it to be from our opponents. So that's that's kind of where we – you know, started looking for, you know, better opponents and, and you know, um, trying to get better ourselves because we know, you know, each and every time you turn on that film, you got to see your, your team doing what they need to do and, and, and good games because when you get down to the nitty-gritty in the Final Four or the championship game, you got to be able to perform at a high level and not make mistakes. And, um, you know, just going back to this um, 2020 class, when I took over as a head coach, you know, one of the first conversations I had with those guys was, you guys have a chance to be the most special class in DeKalb County history. You'll be the first class to go back-to-back. Nobody in DeKalb County in Georgia has, has ever done that. And then you'll also be the first DeKalb County team to win three state championships. Nobody in DeKalb County, uh, Georgia, has ever won three state championships. So, that conversation began as soon as I took over with that senior class and just talking about what it would mean to be, you know, you know, to create history for your class, you know, your, your senior class, your senior year. You know, what would it do, um, what would it mean to you guys in the long run to just, you know, be history, to create history? So that was one of the first conversations I had with those guys. 
Live right now with the head coach over there uh, at Cedar Grove High School, Coach Patrick, who uh, joins us here one more time here as we uh, get ready. Uh, coach, one thing I, I am going to open the opportunity for you during the off season, and, and I'm trying to ga- gather as many coaches I can uh, to, to kind of fill in uh, during the off season. And, and when I say fill in, that means educate and, and, and get these kids uh, up to date on, on what needs to happen. Just because we're not taking snaps in between the season, there's a lot of snaps that need to be taken off the off the field as well and certain things. So what I'd like to do is lean on you and you can send me some of your staff as well. I'd love to have a chance to talk to them as well and, and get into some of the position play to get in some of the things that these kids need to be doing, the things they need to be putting in their body, the things that they need to be really kind of getting ready for the season. Because I, I said this to a group of kids just the other day, if you do the same thing today and you continue to do that tomorrow, well then the next day you're going to get the same response. So in other words, whatever you did, this time last year, we don't need to do it this time this year unless you want a state championship. That's kind of the only time you'd want to repeat what you did. But even those, you, you need to update what you're doing anyways, Coach. But uh, I'd love to have yep. you in here on a regular basis during the week. Maybe we'll, we'll get together off the air here in a minute, and we can find a certain day, a certain time that fits best for you, and, and you and I can kind of make this a ritual. And I'm actually – I told uh, Coach uh, Coach Smith that I was coming to Atlanta, and he's like, all right, man, I hear you. I don't see it, but I hear you. And, uh, you know, we want to get over there. I, I got a chance to run into their coaching staff over there, Coach Elliott and everybody, last week at the South Carolina State Championship Saturday. And, uh, and we would like to come in not only to their campus, but I'd love to come take a look at what you guys are doing over there, man, because it's very impressive that not only are you guys building a dynasty within the state of Georgia, you're beating teams around the country, literally, down in Miami, over in South Carolina, in Alabama. And like you mentioned, uh, you guys did it heading over to Colorado or over to the other side of the top of the world as well. So uh, we appreciate what you're doing uh, for the game of high school football. Man, I love it, uh, Richie, man. Just, you know, once we get together, we'll, we'll make it happen. However we need to make it happen, we'll make it happen. Well, I'm going to do everything I can, Coach, to get you uh, – I, I tell you, and I, and I mean this with all due respect to all the high school teams here in the state of South Carolina, but you guys have won the last three out of four in the state of Georgia. There's a team in Columbia. That, that has won four in a row. And now I know they're graduating a few, but they're just like you guys. They're just reloading the arsenal there, and they've got some young talent coming up, and that's Dutch Fork. Boy, oh, boy, if I could get you guys to come to Charleston and play in a game here, and that would be a neutral site, uh, it could almost be like a bowl game, if you will. But, man, that would be incredible because Coach Knox has a very similar mentality as you do, uh, and, and that is that, you know, it all comes with heart. It all comes with a lot of hard work. And the results are, are usually pretty good when you put those two things together. But uh, thank you so much again for, for taking time this morning. Tell your coaching staff, uh, you know, we're real proud of you guys. And it's hard to believe, man, we've been following you guys and been a part of you guys since Darnisha joined me. And uh, that was as a guest. Her and Bryson, of course, were traveling around his senior year. If you can remember that date uh, is when you guys first started becoming a factor. And Coach Smith, of course, would call in and, and update us on what's going on with Bryson in the recruiting process. Yep, yep, man, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we love having the coaches in here, and we've got uh, another five-star coach doing five-star things. Of course, that is the head coach over there at Cedar Grove. Coach Patrick joins us here uh, this morning. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll reset here at 830. As we come back, we'll, we'll recap this interview. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Cedar Grove, and, boy, that matchup, wouldn't it not be one for the ages, Cedar Grove taking on Dutch Fork. Man, they could meet somewhere at the borderline, somewhere in Aiken, South Carolina, and do Battle of the Border there. Yeah, somebody hey, build we, a. Uh, you can, you can, do something to hook that up. 
Hey, I would do it. Hey, and you and I, <laughs> we need to talk about this other thing that you and I talked about before here off the air as well, man. But I'm telling you, Coach, that game right there, he doesn't back down from competition. You don't back down from competition. Uh, you know, the fan bases travel like nobody else's business. I was shocked how many people you all brought to Somerville. I looked, I said, my God, the buses keep coming. and coming. I don't know if we got enough room to park these buses of people everywhere. They're everywhere. Uh, but that, that's, that's an homage to what you're doing, to what your coaches are doing, to what the community is doing. Again, you know, Coach, I say it one more time, that, that at the end of the day, you know, all these kids are worried about the swag of life. You guys are just worried about, you know, playing the game of life and, and getting it done because you share a stadium. And I said this to a lot of kids in the, in the low country area, one stadium, seven teams, and you're not even a home when you're at home because it's not your turn to be the home team. That, that's that's got to be kind of weird. Man, imagine you win your region, you're the number one seed in the playoffs, and – you have to not play the night that you want to play because they say a, a, a higher classification school deserves the stadium before you do. So instead wow. of playing on a Friday night, you got to bump. Either you got to bump to a Saturday, or you got to go to a stadium you haven't played at all year. You know, just to play a playoff game. So just imagine how uncomfortable that is for you know your kids. Imagine what type of disadvantage that is in a playoff with everybody playing on Friday and you have to play on Saturday, you know, they get to come and, you know, the, the, your next opponent gets to come and watch you live and they have a day of, uh, ahead of you to prepare. Hmm. <laughs> so just imagine what type of disadvantage that is, not having your own stadium, you know, and not only just that, man, you know, facilities and equipment and stuff like that, all of that stuff that we have is not a support to a lot of programs. But we make whatever we whatever we have, we make it do what it do, and we get the best out of our kids each and every year. So we're not complaining. We're not doing any of that. We're we going to, you know, work our kids as hard as we possibly can and coach them up as best as we can with what we got. Well, you guys are doing whatever you're doing. You need to write it down and pass along this side. and We, we can set it like a recipe, man, because it's a recipe for success. And uh, you're, like you said, you're in that inner city part of Atlanta, right? You could use every every excuse in the book, Coach, from, from the community that you're in to, to, to the, the, the obstacles that you guys have to jump through, the hurdles you have to find through. Uh, you know, if you've read about it, if you've seen a movie about it, that's the, that's the everyday life that you guys are dealing with over there in Atlanta, in the heart of Atlanta. And, and, and again, uh, those kids, uh, you, you see the look on their face. And, again, anybody winning a state championship is going to be smiling. But I've watched you guys. I've had films sent to me from your coaching staff, from, from your players that inbox me. You know, their their top three plays and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, Coach, to watch the hard work pay off. And it didn't start in week zero or week one. I don't understand the week zero thing, but week one, uh, it, it started right now. It started in the, the off season. What did you do the day after the season ended to get better for the next season that's already here? Because the season really does start soon as it's over the the, the I would say, the accolades from that senior class that's graduating to the junior class that's uprising it automatically becomes the new season. So we're already getting ready for class uh, or the season of 2020. But, uh, Coach, uh, safe travels, man. Again, I am going to touch base with you because I have reached out there to that other team we just talked about. And let's see if we can get something out of it. I'd love to be a part of it. Hey, yes, sir, man. Let's, let's, let's do it. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll recap this. We'll talk some more. Coach, as always, God bless. Take care. We'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central on Block Talk Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm alongside Will Porter, who is uh, handling the biz and the phone and everything else in between here. Is uh, We greatly appreciate uh, his producing abilities. As, uh, it helps me out a lot because uh, prior to Will, I'm over here pushing buttons, answering phones, going to break, making sure who's on, who's when, where, and how. And he's doing it all there for me now, and I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, good interview, as always, there with the coach over there at Cedar Grove. Coach Patrick joins us here. Uh, for the hour two, for about 30 minutes, we talked to them about their big win, 21-14 over Chris County. That's three out of four rings that they've gotten out of the uh, out of the years there in the uh, state of Georgia, 3A football. And again, uh, in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, they have one football stadium, seven teams. And like you said, man, you could have home field advantage, but not really have home field advantage because they share it with so many other schools. There's so many other things they go through. He talked about the equipment that they don't have that's up to par. They don't have a lot of things because it's an inner city school with inner city issues, but they make that 
part of their arsenal, not part of their problem, if you will. Again, it, it's part to promote and to push. And again, uh, and I talked about this with you, Will, off the air. Two years ago, he hands uh, the keys to the bus driver and says, all right, take me to South Carolina. I need to go to Somerville. They do that. They come to Somerville. They win a big game on a Friday night. Of course, uh, the crowds on both sides were packed out. They then leave. They go back home with a W, and they uh, wait another week, and then he goes to keys back to the bus driver. And he says, all right, take me to Alabama. They go to Alabama ESPN, put them on TV, and they win that game. This year, he says, I'd imagine they flew. I don't think they drove to Colorado, but they go to Colorado. They win that game on the road in Colorado. Before they did that, they went down to Miami Central, down in Florida, on the tip-top bottom of the edge of America, and beat Miami Central. This guy has beaten the state of Florida, Alabama, Colorado, and South Carolina in two years, not to mention he's won his own state. That's pretty big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a testament to uh, their drive and their success, and the reason for their success, too, uh, is, is the drive. Right. For them to be able to... Uh, get out there and to be to be playing against these teams that otherwise wouldn't play them, and right. uh, to just I, I think it's also deserving um, or or not yeah deserving, but also an experience for the the kids as well, the students, uh, the the players there because uh, if they were in any other program, they they most likely wouldn't travel uh, that far away. Uh, they would probably travel less than a hundred miles away for, for their opponents because uh, that's just how the, the regions are, are set up in, in the state of South Carolina at least. And I would assume that that's, it's the same way in the state of Georgia. Um, you know, but hats off to that program there um, at, at Cedar Grove because uh, their, their success and their ability to uh, continue to uh, turn out championships uh, year in and year out, or, or even making runs year in and year out, uh, it's it's an incredible thing to um, be able to hear about and, and to talk about. Yeah, I mean, and, and you look at all the kids that they're not only putting there in the league as far as going into college and then the NFL and that so on and so forth, that uh, the tree that is coming off or the branches that are coming off this tree are the players. But you also have to look at the coaches that are coming off. I mean, he's mentioned, I know, for example, uh, we've actually had more than these three, but I'm going to mention three right now. Uh, of course, uh, Coach Smith was the coach this last year when he came to Somerville, uh, but he also, of course, uh, played his high school days over in Florence, over there in that area, where he and I actually played against each other growing up in high school. Uh, he was um, – Coach Smith is now over there at Georgia State helping out with the running backs. Coach Parks, the head football coach over at Ridgeview High School, he, of course, is uh, in charge of the, uh, the big game that's going on Friday night in the Metro Bowl. Uh, he's kind of the founder, the pusher, promoter of that. Uh, who uh, played his days at Coastal Carolina, by the way. Uh, and then uh, Coach Reed, Kareem Reed, who is uh, over at Griffin High School. Uh, Coach Reed, of course, also part of that coaching tree over there at Cedar Grove. And uh, you just look at it. These guys went 2000 to 2009 not winning uh, or getting into the playoffs. And here they are since then, man. They have just leaps and bounds, have made noise after noise after noise. And again, winning that third time in four years, 21-14 against Chris County. That just kind of speaks volumes. Yeah, it's bad. It's, uh, it's spectacular is what it is. Now, when you look at things, uh, we'll kind of get back to some of the other conversations that we talked about. Of course, the Heisman Trophy uh, was the conversation prior to uh, getting in here with uh, the coach all the way from uh, Cedar Grove. You know, a, a huge deal it is, no doubt, uh, for, uh, for them to hand the trophy over to, to, to Mr. Burrow, and I thought that he earned it. Uh, just like I mentioned on the show Saturday that I thought Luke Doty, by the way, who is uh, the Myrtle Beach High School 
uh, quarterback who is committed in going uh, in early enrollee to uh, South Carolina. He wins Mr. Football uh, for the state of South Carolina. So, uh, you know, that's a big award there. Now, South Carolina has won the last three Mr. Footballs uh, are heading to the University of South Carolina. So that's a big deal. You're winning your state, at least when it comes to Mr. Football. If you're, of course, uh, Will Muschamp, that's a big deal uh, for the program. And I think, honestly, as much as I like what you see in the quarterback play they have up there now, this kid here, Luke Doty, is very good. I think you're going to see him start uh, as a freshman. I think he's a, uh, a dual threat uh, opportunity coming uh, ahead of him because he's the number two dual threat quarterback in the country. Uh, he has the ability to really do some, I would say, above his, his pay grade things there in high school. He does go against good cha- uh, talent uh, at Myrtle Beach. He's a 4A uh, kids there. And, of course, the highest bracket we have is 5A. But we'll see if Luke Doty can live up to his hype. Because, again, Helensky comes in. Helensky's got a lot of hype on him as well. Uh, so there's going to be a battle there uh, early. And don't forget, the Karen Joyner's still there. Mm-hmm. Karen, of course, uh, picked up some medal over the weekend because South Carolina had their banquet as well. So congratulations to uh, the young man. It's from right down the street here in the, the studios from Fort Dorchester. But they've got a lot of great players around there. They just got to keep them healthy. Hopefully this new strength and conditioning coach they bring in here to Columbia is going to get that happening. And I'm thinking that's probably why that guy was the fall guy because these guys were not healthy. Maybe they weren't, you know, working out right. Or something wasn't right, but he was the fall guy that, that, that took the hit there and the strength and conditioning side of things. So they bring a new guy in, so we'll see if that helps him out as well. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, the kind of changing gears a little bit on Saturday, you saw the likes of the, the Navy-Army game. Of course, Navy finds a way to win that one. They actually didn't find a way. They made a way to win that one, and it came on the legs of their quarterback and a little bit of his arm there. Of course, uh, you get that triple option. Uh, that guy reminded me a lot of your guys at Saluda, by the way. I thought that watching yeah. him and the way that he ran around a little bit, uh, a lot of similar ways to do things. And I know that the kid from Saluda doesn't have a lot of offers right now. He's looking at, uh, I think Newberry was one of those. Newberry, uh, Limestone, and Nurskin, I think, are right. the three that he's looking at, yeah. Um, but the, the play style was very similar. And, and I didn't get the chance to watch, watch the game from, from start to finish, but uh, the highlights that I did see, uh, you're absolutely right there, uh, Richie, that uh, the, the schemes were there, his ability to, uh, to extend plays um, out, out of the pocket and uh, for him to uh, just continue to uh, – and, and just all those plays to uh, be made against a, a Black Knights team that was uh, striving to uh, make it, I think, three or four in a row. Uh, and for Navy to uh, up in that um, – one, one of those touchdowns I, I did like to see. It was a, one of those uh, trick plays that, that you saw in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago um, that, the, that the Eagles did, the, the Philly special. Well, and, well, we're out here now. Around here we call that the Spivey special. The Spivey because, special. You know why? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Hunter Spivey is the offensive coordinator at Somerville, right, who – is the one who created the Spivey special, which now has been called the Philly special, but actually, and it's true because ESPN, of course, uh, well, it's on the internet, but it's true more so because <laughs> ESPN came here and did a, did, a, did a whole article on him. I mean, he's the one who, who drew it up in the backyard or wherever he was at at the time in Conway, South Carolina, or maybe he was sitting at Newberry where he was a coach at at the time and uh, headed over to Chad Morris. Chad Morris ran it, then this guy ran it, then this guy ran it. Now you're seeing it run everywhere. But that's kind of a small hey, – that's what athletics is all about, man. So, yeah, you could call it the Philly special, but around here we call it the Spivey special. Right. I'm sorry. I, I, I take responsibility for that. Um, you know, real quick, uh, talking about the Heisman, this is uh, one thing I wanted to get to uh, before we had to transition into the 8 o'clock hour, talking about the, uh, the results and the, and the total votes that were received. Uh, Joe Burrow received 841 uh, first-place votes. 
the next one in line uh, and, and talking about like points, uh, Jalen Hurts had uh, 12 first place votes. Justin Fields had six and Chase Young, uh, the defensive back for Ohio State, had 20 first place votes. And the, I, I did have the percentages uh, with me, but I cannot find them right now. But just talking about the, the, the highest margin or, or the largest margin of uh, victory for a Heisman Trophy winner for Joe Burrow, it was not even close. And this perfectly explains why. He had 2,608 total points. And how they, how, they, uh, do, how they do the point system, I think that the um, first place is worth, um, like, I think first place is worth three points, second place is worth two, and then third place is one or something like that. But um, just, like, all around, the next person in line was Jalen Hurts at 762 total points. And that, that is nearly that that is nearly three times. Like he would have to get that three times in order to even be close to Joe Burrow. Right. And and like that that just goes to show that it was deserving of of Joe Burrow to receive that Heisman. You know, and and, and of course I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I love the fact that he did it the right way. He finished. He got his degree at Alabama. He said he wanted to start there, finish there. He did that. He did all the things he needed to do. He realized that the future was not including him in, in, in Alabama. So he left. Kelly Bryant did the same thing. Kelly Bryant, of course, didn't finish at Clemson, but he realizes that at the time his future is not there, and he heads to, of course, Missouri. And, uh, of course, uh, he had a good year. He got hurt, I believe, there towards the end. Uh, of course, we had him on the show this time last week, actually, on Tuesday. But you know, these players do have an opportunity, and we, we ask these coaches all the time, and you heard me ask this coach about it. He says he doesn't really like it. That they don't like the early signing day. They don't like the portal. They don't like a lot of the stuff. And, and why would they? Because it affects their players in multiple ways. Uh, but when it comes to the Heisman, again, it, it was it would have been hard for them not to give it to this young man. This guy did everything he needed to do. He went against not only great teams in the SEC teams uh, around in the non-conference game. They they did play Texas. And, of course, uh, you remember the heat that was uh, D, uh, DBU versus DBU. And at the end of the day, neither one of them really kind of, Flex their muscles too much. I wasn't impressed with either one of them, but I was impressed with both quarterbacks at both plays. I thought Texas quarterback looked good. I thought, of course, that was kind of the first time that we got to see this young man, uh, Mr. Burroughs, really flex his muscles and say, hey, look, I got what you're looking for. Grab your popcorn and a soda and enjoy the show. And he's done exactly that. And now my question is, can he continue to do that? And how was that relationship this past week between him and Jalen Hurst during the week because they're going to see each other here in a couple of weeks here uh, or, or in a week or so when these teams square off and, and go in the semifinals. That's kind of an interesting conversation. And then the other side of it was seeing an offensive and a defensive guy at the same Heisman Trophy Award. I, I don't know if that's ever happened before. And, and, I, and I tried to look it up yesterday and even into Saturday night. I don't think it has. And if it has, it hasn't happened often. But to have a defense and an offensive guy, and you heard the question he asked, he said, have you ever put your pads on the quarterback? And he said, well, there was that one time, and, the coach and they got on to me. They yeah. got on to me. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I remember. Uh, I think I said this on the show last week, talking about it uh, when we were talking about the finalists. That it was the seventh. It was the seventh time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seventh time that a um, that two players from the same school, from the same program, are nominated for uh, to be Heisman finalists. Right. But the first time that the, from the same school, an offensive player and a defensive player. Exactly. So that was the first time that it, that it was on both sides of the ball. Um, now this is like this is a, it's a it's a once in a lifetime um, opportunity, a once in a lifetime um, uh, circumstance. 
because you know you have you have a, a defense that is led by uh, Chase Young, and I, I remember listening to um, he, he's gotten so many uh, he's gotten so many fans, he's gained so much attention, even from uh, JJ Watt, who is a who is a fellow uh, defensive player uh, for the Houston Texans, and then uh, LeBron James. Although he although he's all the way out in L.A., he's still a kid from Akron and uh, the, the that part of Ohio, and he recognized that talent whenever he saw it. And it was just given a lot of love to, uh, to Chase Young um, and, and Justin Fields as well. But, uh, you know, Justin Fields and his uh, like his ability to what he was able to do and taking over, uh, taking over that program and, and being a quarterback when he needed to be. And just there was no shortage of talent at all at the Heisman uh, ceremony. And, and really and truly, that's what they want. But just to the testament of the talent that, that the caliber of talent that there was, um, that's what really mattered the most. And Joe Burrow was exceptional, has been exceptional. He will be exceptional wherever he goes. Um, as a matter of fact, Cincinnati is always, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They are already prepared for, uh, the Joe Burrow era to start there, uh, back home in Ohio. A lot of, a lot of those fans are ready for that. So, uh, we'll see what happens. There, there's a lot of time still left until April, of course, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of sad, though. You get congratulations on, on be, being the number one draft pick. You get to go to an awful football team in the NFL. I mean, that's uh, nothing Nothing says, man, I can't can't wait to finish out my high school, my college career being the best and get to go play uh, for what could be the worst situation. Now, of course, that being said, you know, all, all four of those guys were, were, were arguably very deservingly to be there, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, but for me, Boru probably did the best job ever. Um, when you start to kind of put things in perspective, how he handled his business, how he did things. But you know what? So did that guy, Justin Fields. Justin Fields was incredible with what he did as well. I mean, his, his pass completion to interception, I think he did one interception all year long, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But this kid was really good at what he did. And, again, you know, if you think about it, in the state of Ohio, of course, they can take credit for the two kids that are there from Ohio State, but they also say, well, you know, realistically, we had three kids there because we actually had a guy that started with us. It's from our state. So that's also something for the state of Ohio to have a little bit of something to be proud of. Yeah, a little honorary mention to Joe Burrow. You know, he, he played there for um, – or he was there for a year, uh, but then he, he ended up entering the transfer portal and ends up at LSU. And um, I remember it was one of the one of the Heisman Trophy winners from Ohio State years ago that uh, posed with a picture for with Chase Young and Justin Fields, and he – um, and, and Joe Burrow was just kind of, uh, Joe Burrow sat back just a minute and was like, you know, you, you, you guys can have this one. Um, you could, you can take this one. Um, but I'm, I'm cool with it. Uh, which I mean, you know, I, I think that Ohio really loves him still and, and what he brought to the program and just the, the successes. And, and he won that, he won that trophy for, um, for his town of, um, uh, his, his little town in Ohio. Right. Um, I forget the name of it. It escapes me, and I feel terrible because uh, it, it's a very, um, it's a very impoverished um, community. That a lot of them they live uh, twice below the average of the poverty line. Oh wow! And uh, and so it was pretty incredible to to hear Burroughs' story um, and his upbringing and that nature. And I think that's one of the things too. And I was going to say this. Uh, you know, the thing that I love the most about the Heisman Trophy is very similar to what we do here on Southern Sports Central. We bring you the story behind the athlete. How did they get there? Who are they? And our number one 
where uh, Will Pickering was in here, and I asked him, you know, tell me about your roommate. And everybody that comes on tomorrow will have Brandon Johnson and maybe his teammate Emmanuel Johnson coming here. Now, Emmanuel's heading over to Georgia Tech. Brandon's heading over to Navy. They should join us around the 7.30. I'm going to try to move them up to 7.30 tomorrow. They both had some things to get ready. If they're going to have an early signing day, and they're actually going to be reporting to their campuses in January. They're going to graduate here in December from high school and uh, start a little bit earlier. Um, you know, w- when you put things together, my job is to entertain you, educate you, and I'll have a little bit of fun doing it. So with that being said, when I bring in these young guys, I want you to know who they are. Don't just read about them. Don't just go sit in the stands and watch them. Get to know who they are. Get to know their, their history. How did they get there? And if you looked at the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony on Saturday night and you watch it a thousand times over and over again each year, that's what they do. They give you the story of how they got to that point, and that's kind of what I want to do. Uh, so we'll continue to work on that. Now, coming up on Friday, there are two bowl games, by the way. We'll start talking bowl games this week, too. Uh, of course, uh, the, or the Bahamas Bowl. You know, let's, let's take this thing to the Bahamas. I still think they have to cancel the Bahamas Bowl and bring it to Charleston. Uh, keep it in the States here. But uh, that being said, I know the kids probably enjoy going and playing in the Bahamas. But for me, uh, and that's an expensive trip for the fans. Uh, realistically, I don't know whether Buffalo or Charlotte is going to be able to hit those planes and, and, and head over uh, there. But that game, of course, will be uh, 2 o'clock on Friday. Uh, right now, as of now, Buffalo is an underdog by 6. So Charlotte has uh, – they're up by two field goals. Uh, two 7-5 teams going to go at it. And then, of course, on uh, Friday night, Utah State taking on Kent State. That's the Tropicana Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. So that one will be a lot of fun on Friday. That's 7.30. Then over the weekend – uh, Central Michigan, by the way, eighth grade, Central Michigan was the first school to ever send me anything and offer me uh, some interest in the playing college sports uh, for them. That was pretty, uh, pretty, int- pretty neat for me. So I've watched the Chickawas uh, since those days, way back when, like, I think it was 1992 is when I got my first piece of mail oh, wow. with something in it. They were like, Hey, we see you down there, dude. Uh, just let you know. Uh, of course, uh, eight and five is the Chickawas. They're going to take on San Diego state, in the New Mexico bowl, nine and three, San Diego state continues to, just kind of hang out down there at nine and three. They're never really at that at that double digit win after win after win, but they're right under it. Always a nine win team, and of course, hey, you, you can make a career out of coaching at nine wins in certain places. So, of course, they'll play Saturday at two o'clock on ESPN. Liberty, our coach uh, Hugh Freeze will uh, of course join as soon as this is all done in January. But uh, they're going to be playing Georgia Southern in the FBC uh, Mortgage Cure Bowl. That's going to be at Saturday on the CBS Network there, two thirty. SMU, FAU is going to kick off at 3.30. That's going to be in the uh, Raton Bowl, Boca Raton Bowl, and Florida International. Arkansas State is going to take off in the Camellia Bowl at uh, 5.30. And then, of course, the uh, the Mitsubishi, Motor Las Vegas Bowl, Boise State and Washington. That's going to be a pretty good one on Saturday night, 7.30. 12-1, Boise State, 7-5, Washington. And then they'll finish up uh, the game, uh, 9 o'clock, Appalachian State. How about this? Lost their coach to Missouri, but they'll play UAB. Uh, in the uh, New Orleans Bowl, that of course is a nine o'clock game. So and that'll be that'll be his last game at App State. That this one, be, yes, yep, yep, that'll be the last game. So we'll start getting into some of these bowl games. Uh, you and I will. We'll do some pickums. We'll get in here with, of course, uh, with our buddy Tony on Friday. We'll do that as well. So on behalf of all of us, Will Pickering, thank you for hanging out with us over there at Wando High School, playing the North South game uh, one over the weekend. By the way, congratulations on the big W and the experience. And then of course uh, Cedar Grove, three out of four years they've won state champions. They did it this past year, beating. Chris County, 21-14, Coach Patrick and your staff uh, and the family here at Southern Sports Central says congratulations. Guys, that'll do it for today. Will and I will be back here live tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. sharp right here 
on the Blog Talk Radio Network family. And, of course, uh, from us to you, God bless. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. sharp. Proud.